Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. This is Crown Talking Drum. And the views and opinions expressed on the Crown Talking Drum Radio Network are solely those of the hosts, guests, and callers. These views and opinions do not represent those of the Crown Talking Drum Radio Network, its management, hosts, or advertisers. Thank you for listening to Crown Talking Drum. Greetings, everybody. Greetings, everybody. My name is Dr. Renelle Bath. Jump your life Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Here you can meet me. We talk about how to better your life 365 and be all that you can be. My prayer is that everyone who listens to this podcast is blessed and God reveals his truth about your purpose. You can catch me on Spotify. You can catch episodes on YouTube. Me on Apple Podcast. I am around. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, and also, like and subscribe and comment right? and share. Uh, today is the last Friday of July. Oh my goodness, 2021 July, right? We're approaching the eighth month of the year. When we look around, 2022 will be around the corner. The visitor around, so you may be hearing my little visitor. But it is all good. So today is the last Friday of the month where we do family ties. Family ties is talk about strengthening relationships between parents and children. And I have a very special guest that will be coming. And uh, we'll be talking about punishments. And we're going to be talking about ways of how children can build relationships with their parents and how parents can build relationships with their children. So I am definitely excited uh, this evening. So what can I tell you? I can tell you that God is still in the blessing business. There are people that are flowing into entrepreneurship. There are people that are still finding jobs. There are people that are still building with their family, becoming debt-free, fixing their credit, working out. So writing the book, every time I say that, it helps get a dirt in my head. I really sit down and write my book and put my knowledge out there. I'm very transparent about my experiences, and I pray that uh, as I'm still going through, that my life will encourage someone, let them know that if I could go through it, you can go through it too, not to stay there, but go through. So I'm very excited. Anybody that would like their voices to be heard, feel free to call me on Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at 646-668-8217, So. For uh, Apostle Armstrong for allowing me to have this platform to speak about my experiences, have a platform for people to get their expertise out there because I don't know it all, and for us to share stories amongst each other just to strengthen our community. There are a bunch of negativity out there already, and that's going on. What are you doing positive to help yourself? What are you doing that's positive to help your family members? What are you doing that's positive to step your community? When we're thinking about positive, um, I def- with I'm very excited. We'll be starting at a new school this fall, uh, so I am transitioning. I am so thankful uh, to have a. Um, 
starting, a, you know, just building relationships with people and having more, um, just meeting other professional people and where I'm working. I'm going on to my third year journey, so I'm definitely excited um, to be a part of that and partnership with other people. So here we go. Um, so I want to invite Carl in. The time is right. I want to introduce her. She's a marvelous young lady uh, who will be a senior this year. Uh, who has big things going on for herself. I would like to welcome my uh, the best second daughter, Mariah. Welcome, Mariah. Welcome. Hello. How are you? How are you? <laughs> Doing good. Um, can we talk about good. today's topic? And thank you so much. How's your day going? Pretty good. Um, okay. Trying to get back up, caught up, um, ready for the next school year, my senior year. Yes, it's a senior year. Awesome, awesome. And um, it's an exciting time. I can remember my senior year. Uh, I think I, my, at the end of my senior year is really when I got my first job. Or, yeah, or maybe be, during this time, before I got a senior, I had my first job. And then I had my second job after my senior year. So very much exciting times. And you live in a different time because of you're going through the pandemic. But God is good. He'll keep you and cover you. So I'm glad that you joined me for the podcast because we're going to be getting to um, method of punishment, and we're going to get into second session. Be building relationships with your parents and how to build relationships with your, your anyone who has children. So I know you don't have any children as yet, but you're going to be coming from along the lens as a child, as a child, building a relationship with your parents. So let's talk about method of punishment. Uh, would you like to go first? Um. Yeah, maybe we could just outline the types of punishments that you'll see, like uh, outline the types of punishments that parents and parents use. Okay. I know as parents, um, starting off, I guess we could start from, like, the slightest to the most um, uh, severe forms of punishment. So the slightest would be the typical talking to. Right. uh, Next would probably be uh, incorrectly, you know, if I skip a step or whatever. The next would probably be maybe um, a punishment such as a timeout, physical isolation, something like that. The third one, taking away some, taking away a belonging. And then the fourth one, actual physical punishment, whether it's, you know, like a pinch or a hit, something like that. Okay. Well, I want to go to the first one um, because, and well, just as a parent, you know that as a parent, that's a tough job. So anybody that's a parent, especially if you're a single parent, that's a tough job. Especially if you're co-parenting or if you're married and you or you're cohabitating and you're raising children, that is definitely you have to be on the same page as your partner. 
how you're going to discipline and make sure that you honor each other and know how to set the standard for the child because children can play games, be manipulative as well. So we having to sit down and talking to them. Now, talking, I know that for me growing up, my dad talking to me alone because of the tone, I was afraid and so I would be uh, feel disappointed. Like, okay, my dad is disappointed in me, and I want to do better. Mm. So, so talking is impactful. All right, anything you want to add for talking before we jump to the next? Yeah, one? I'll say that. Um, I'll say for talking too. It definitely hits different, which we could talk. Um, it goes kind of into the parent-child bond because if you're strong, if you have a strong relationship with the parent. And then they give you, they show you through words that they're disappointed. And this is, they could do this by just simply talking to you and showing the emotion in their voice, not yelling or anything, talking in there, just in a way that will show that the child is disappointed. Especially if that child has a a strong relationship with the um, parent, then that can, um, that can make the child so, that can make the child so bad or uh, disappointed in themselves for those actions. So I think that could lead to a better outcome. But then when talking to, as far as as a form of punishment, I think it should always be noted for, um, it should always be noted, like, so why whatever they did was wrong. And I think that uh, for most punishments, for most things, especially it depends on the age and what the punishment is, but uh, talking to, especially if it's like the first offense, that could be... uh, that could be a good solution to whatever the problem is. But then as you see, um, if you see like repeated, if you see repeated mistakes and just uh, not show, like, for example, if a child knows that they're not supposed to touch the candies until after 5 p.m. and then you see them every day, you already gave them, you already talked to them once, then the next time you get into, we can get into the next form of punishment, which was, um, which is just taking taking away belongings. So we can start talking about that punishment. So after the first offense, I would say the next offense, the next form of punishment could be uh, taking away the belongings. So like now the child can't have any more candy. So how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about taking away belongings or confiscating things as a form of punishment? Yeah, so I definitely agree agree with you, and I want anybody who's listening to give your feedback on this because, of course, we know there is no one-size-fits-all method to parenting. As a parent, you may not go to talking. You may go straight to, you may not go to taking away, so it depends on the child. So, for example, if a child is not um, cleaning his room, you may take away some things away from them, or if a child is not doing well in school, they like to be on electronics. Like they can't focus to be their subject to make sure they're completing their work, but they spend hours and hours at a time on on games. You know, you may want to step in as a parent and remove the game. So I am uh, really for it, and, and not just uh, punishment, but also if the child is doing well, then celebration. Allow them to get, you know, hey, you're not going to get your game, but I'm going to allow you to do 20 minutes, three minutes on it, or you're going to get an hour. And then to it, just making sure that you're consistent and you're not, like, false talking or warning 
that your actions is very clear. Yeah, so to add on to the taking away for um taking or confiscating things as a form of punishment, I would say it's also I feel like it is effective, but it has I would say it's effect correctly. So if yes. you're taking away something that has not nothing to if you're taking away something that has nothing to do with whatever the child got in trouble for. So for example, if I mean mommy uh mommy you key helped me out with this of an example that um, taking away some like they're taking away something and it holds no importance. It holds no. It's not even a factor in the reason why mm-hmm. the child got punished. Right, 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 right. No, I agree. So, um, you know, I'm a fan of get it where it hurts. So if you a child may not care to you know eat ice cream, but they are going to love to play the video games. So if you are they're taking away something, you might say, oh, well, I'm going to do with ice cream, but if your head is go out, and you could take ice cream, I can deal with the ice cream, but the game is so much more to take away the game. So it has to be something, a form of uh, value. Uh, it has to be a, a thing of importance to the child in order for it to be effective. And of course, um, not just playing on the negative, have a plan in place to reward the child because no know that yeah. no one is perfect, not robots, so things take time. And this is not a one size fits all. I stress because I'm not the perfect. Anybody thinks they're perfect. Anybody has a perfect child, perfect parent, please feel free to call in, email me, you know, the bab at gmail.com. I want to talk to you because this is not a one size fits all method, and uh, this is just what we have gathered around from my experience. So the she is now is almost going to be 17, and for me, being a mom of well four girls now, but you raising daughters, and you're right. So it's a different relationship to raising children than teaching them because you're teaching, you're you're teaching children are not coming home to you necessarily. So I agree. So what's the third step? The third, well, not oh, it's not the third step. These are not steps. These are just four different types of punishments that parents will use. But the third type of punishment is physical, um, a physical. Wait, no, no, I said physical isolation. Yes, physical isolation. So this could be sitting. This could be in in the room. You know, sit in your room for an hour to think upon your think about your uh, child's decisions. It could be. Stand in the corner with your hands up. Stand, stand in the corner. Something along those lines. And um, I'll, I can start. Actually, actually, no, mommy, you can start off with it. I started off last time. <laughs> so, what's the title of this? Uh, I'll say physical isolation or just isolation. Okay, physical isolation. So, the child may be, you know, on their knees. Uh, away from everybody. That child may be in a corner, uh, isolated from every you know, the event. And I'm not saying this should be a whole day. It should, you know, suit because what's challenging. And as a parent, you may go through depression. As a parent, you may go through frustration. And you don't want to be frustrated at your child. So to prevent you hurting yourself or hurting your child, you may say, hey, go to the room. And that I may be in this room for 30 minutes or so. You may say, okay, 
you're going to be in the corner or, you know, your hands is up or you might be in a squatting position and you're giving that child 20 minutes. And this can be a time for you to regroup and then after have a conversation. So I, I believe and this, is, this is like a perfect scenario, but it's always good to, after the punishment, to really sit with your child so they understand, okay, you know you were in trouble because X, Y, Z, and to prevent you from being there, um, this is what you have to do, X, Y, and Z. Uh, and as a parent, I try to put a board, a paper on the board, you know, letting my children know, okay, this is the time you're going to get up. This is the chores that you have daily. This has to be done at night so just so it can be seen and it's very white and black. Now, Mariah did a great job growing, doing her chores, uh, following the rules, never really gave me a big issue, was very open and honest from the beginning where my oldest wasn't. So we had more bumps in the roads of lying or being manipulative. So it was two different children. So what worked for my first child did not work for my second, where they were only four years apart. So by no means um, am I a therapist in this area. I just tell you from my experiences, but I learned. And I think as a parent, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, you you adopt new practices. So what do you have to say for that, Mariah? So I would say for the physical isolation, well, there's also two types of physical isolation, too, because you could just send a child to their room for maybe 20, 30 minutes, or you can send them to something that's like going on their knees. So I would say these types of situations are good for, like, the heat of the moment situations. So sending a child to their room for 20 minutes or you're telling them to stand in a corner for 20 minutes is good to, you know, stop the situation from escalating. So that could be, for example, um, that could be, for example, you know, you have two kids, you have two, uh, two kids and they're, they're arguing with each other or they're fighting with each other. That's a good that's a good way to send send both of them or send whoever is just send the child that's in the wrong or send a child if they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing and um if this case if you know, uh the situation the situation can escalate to where maybe the parent will lose their cool and they'll start yelling or they feel like mm-hmm. their child is really riled up. It's a good way for the child to just calm down if they go in their room for 20 minutes, and especially if the parent is losing their patience and if the parent is um, is starting to feel their tensions and they're aggravate um, and they're and they're starting to get aggravated. It's a good way to the de-escalate the whole situation. You get people's adrenaline to start to start winding down and have your mind thinking clear because, as we all know. As parents know and as kids know, when you know, when you're angry, it's not you're just spewing out things. You're just not your head is not clear, so you can't make um, good decisions. So I'll say the the isolation is pretty good. Like I said, for like in the heat of the moment things, or if, yeah, in the heat of the moment things. So and I think that's what the physical uh, not other physical the physical isolation is good for. Um, but I would say like if sending a uh, sending a child more like physical isolation, but they got a little um, exercise obstacle like doing a wall sit or something. 
I think that's right. uh, I think that's 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 there's situations for that. Um, I feel like that's way better than actually putting hands on a child. If you just, you know, make sure they do, they do wall sets for 20 minutes or, you know, you have them doing like 20 burpees, 30 burpees, something like that. You think that's, that's a little bit, that's something that they'll have to get, they'll have to get through, you know, in order to be done with the punishment. And afterwards, like uh, my mom said, is just to, for every type of, for every form of punishment or, or whatever, or any type of talking to, there should be like, you have to outline what was the problem, you know, mm-hmm. what, why this was the way, why was this the punishment that was, um, that was given, and then what steps could be made forward so you, ha- you can avoid this again. But I think this one is definitely, um, this situation is definitely a good one. It's that, um, to stop uh, attention from rising, stop the parents from yelling and losing their cool, maybe saying some things, you know, they don't want to say around their kids or whatever, and instead of physical punishment, which we will get into next. So physical punishment, as um, everybody knows, like could be pinching, slapping, you know, all of those types of things. I know it's very controversial. So, I would say my my opinion. This is not necessarily a good way to do it. This is not a good way to punish a child because there are several different ways to to do it to punish a child for their actions. And I say it's definitely not good for. Uh, it's a hundred. It's already not good, but it's it's even more not. It's not really. It doesn't really help if it's for something minor. It's sometimes that that um, do physical punishments for very simple things, but other parents, they may save the physical punishments as the last resort. So for me, I would say it's not, it's not, it's not good because, I mean, you're, you'll just be causing pain. I mean, the physical punishment, you're doing wall sets, you're going to have some pain too, but, you know, you could, you'll remember that. You know, if you did wall sets for 20, for 20 minutes for you're doing something that's on a scale of one to ten of being, you know, being a bad child. You're there like at an eight or nine. I think you'll remember that. Instead of um, getting getting whooped and then or getting pinched, swabbed, whatever, that could also cause problems because, as you know, today in this culture, things like that are really, especially depending on where you are. That's not it's not allowed. It's not accepted into society. Although a lot of people, a lot of parents, it's still common. I say around the world. Um. But I don't necessarily see it as effective because if, especially if a child keeps doing the same things, but this works. This is actually the truth for all punishment methods, which is actually a different, uh, different question that uh, mommy, my mother can answer, is uh, what happens when you're trying a method of punishment and it just doesn't work out. So I'll say something that, that's the same thing about um, hitting a child is like that's probably the most damaging form of punishment because you're physically hurting your creation. So then you go, then if you keep doing that and you show no progress in the child's um, behavior, then you're practically just, I mean, it's not working. So you don't have to try a different method. But that's the same thing with all types of punishment methods. So, uh, yeah, so coming from old school upbringing, everybody would be scared of the the switch, scared of the belt. Uh, I believe that for some children, belt, be that was good for them. Um, however, 
have to be very careful because if you're in a work and your profession, what I do know is that when you're hitting the, your child, it should be bottom, bottom and lower because if the child has marks on them, this could be uh, stated as a form of abuse and maltreatment. If you are hitting a child, it should be the bottom and lower, and you're not really should be intending to bruise the child. However, we all know that frustration as a parent, people are, can be frustrated, and your child might be going through a tantrum at that moment, and you can cause yourself to hurt yourself and hurt your child. So uh, I am not saying that, oh, I'm a spankings because I'm, I'm not against it. I believe some children do need spankings, but also it goes hand in hand with talking, taking things away, with setting up a reward system to reward your child when you're doing great. Um, and I, so I'm not saying that, oh, don't spank your child, because at the same time, if you are, regardless of what you're doing, you have to set a system in place to teach your children child right from wrong. If you are in a mentoring space, a step parent, a parent, or you have a nieces and nephews and you are of age, meaning that you're 13 and up, we have a responsibility to make sure that we're steering that child in the right direction. Because guess what? When that child becomes an adult, you can't depend on the gentility in jail, things that's happening out there. You know, um, that's, that's a whole different level. So I believe that as a parent or in that, if you're having, if you're in that capacity, we have to, it takes a village and we have to teach a child from right from wrong. However, we know that you can teach a child to do right and they, they become of age, they choose the direction they want to go. And I'm a high believer of consequences of action. So you do positive, you'll get positive. You do negative, you'll get negative. Um, so as far as physical punishment, I am not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that sometimes it has to be done. But when you are, you're making sure that you are responsible and that you're not putting yourself in a position where you hurt yourself and you're hurting your child. What's your take? Yeah, so... Um... Like, like at the end of the day, you can't control what um, anybody else is doing, uh, what any parent is doing right. in their own household. Um, so there's a lot of people that say not even. Now there's a lot of people that don't even go as far to go as far as taking away their belongings. Some people, right. some people don't do punishments at all. So um, that's all pretty much of what you believe and what you feel is helpful because, like my mom said, each child is not the same. So you may have to try different strategies for different kids. For some kids, you, right. you just may need to sternly talk to them. It sternly doesn't mean to necessarily right. yell at them and degrade them, but talk to them seriously and let them let them know, not even threaten them, let them know, um, uh, you know, right from wrong. While some kids, they may need to have their phone taken away. They may need to have... The electronic taken away, and then for some kids, if they're really that much of a menace, you know, they may need to be put out. You know, they not put out. Sorry, they may need to be put. Um, get, they may need to get sent to their room. They may need the. Um, they may need the thirty minutes of lawsuits, twenty minutes of lawsuits. They may need that, but 
me, I know for me in the future, I'm going to uh, I'm going to stay away from the physical hitting, things like that. If the situation requires for a child to be stand in the corner with their hands up or, um, you know, stand, not stand, go on the wall, do some wall sits, then you know, then they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do that. It depends on the situation. So I'll say, for all the punishment, all the different types of punishment, it de- it depends on what you as a parent believe is correct for the situation when it's correct for the child. And but the most important thing is that it should be you're trying to better the child's punishment. The punishment punishment is not for you to get your aggravations on. I mean, get your aggravate, get get your feel of relief from the feelings that you've been feeling. Uh, punishment is for the child to better themselves so they can grow up to be respectable people. That's like that's the main focus of it all. So I'll say that's another that's the thing too. As a parent, as a parent, parents have to watch how no matter what type of punishment it is, just how they're doing it because even when it's just talking to, because if you're just talking to the child, you can end up yelling. If you're too much in your emotions, you can end up yelling and saying all types of things that can do the same damage as if you were hitting them. It could do the same mm-hmm. damage even though it's not physical. You got you have mental, you know, your your mind is degrading now because they're like, wow, my parent doesn't love me anymore. They just said all these hateful right. things to me. Right. So as a right. parent, I feel like parents, just parents are human too, so they all make mistakes. And there's not a perfect, there's not no perfect parent. So, like parents, especially when, especially it depends on the, it depends on the age and the maturity of the kid. Honestly, once you hit a certain age as a child, like once you hit like 14, honestly, you shouldn't really like once you hit high school as a child, you should not be getting in trouble for like small things like not turning your work. You know, not doing your chores because most of the time people's chores are pretty simple. You know, you wipe down the counters, clean the bathroom, make sure your room is clean or whatever. Right. But, um, yeah, so parents, I feel like parents have to make sure that during uh, during giving out punishments, um, that what the main goal of it is, is to better the child and that try to just try to stay as calm as possible because. You know, if it's an older kid, maybe they can understand a little bit more if the if the parent is kind of uh, getting up in their feelings and maybe why they're getting talked to or whatever whatever the punishment is. But if the child is smaller, they don't really they don't really under, they may not understand that it doesn't hit them as much as that. So you could be talking to talking to your child that's maybe under ten or so, and you're just trying to give them a talking to lesson, and then you end up yelling at them and. All the extra things I didn't need happen. So I would say a good way for parents, which is not really, um, which is something that I would do, which I already, I think I already told my mom this, is that before I plan to have kids, see, I believe that's what it's called. And that is a good way for me to just get in the mindset of having, of how to be a parent pretty much. Uh, also by taking, uh, taking tips from my parents. Of course, I say I got pretty good parents. But I'll be doing that just to know how to. I'll be taking parental therapy and then also other therapy, and then also just normal therapy, just because you don't need to go through a whole bunch of traumas just to go through therapy. It's good for you to know how to deal with your emotions when they come. So when you have these high, um, high, when you have these um, situations with your child where you may be where you feel the tensions rising. 
then you know how to deal with your emotions so you're not acting like the child and you should be acting like the adult. But that's all I have to say. Any, anything else? And, we can go and that on is, to the... Yeah, I was saying that that is so true and thank you so much for that. So before we get into the next topic, or I have to ask you, as a child, what punishment did you did not like and which one you were okay with? So, um, I'll say I, I don't like any punishments, but if I had to um, say which one was my least favorite, it depends. So I would say um, the ones that were my least favorite could be my favorite. It depends. So I would usually find if it was a punishment, I'm usually getting my Xbox. I was usually getting my Xbox taken away, or like um, the controller or something, so that I can't play the Xbox. Something along the lines where I couldn't play because on the Xbox. I- why I'm asking that is because I don't really remember recalling really getting spank- me giving you spankings or me really having to take things from you. And I mean, it's a bulk of years that you, you know, you, well, I mean, you always live with me, but I mean, from, uh, I guess, let me see, from you being four. I think so three or four is when I basically went through a divorce. So from three to four all the way maybe to, what, 12, 13? I don't really recall the times that I spanked you. Like, you didn't get a lot of spankings from me. And I don't remember, like, saying, hey, I'm taking this away, so you probably have a better memory on that than me. So I'm just asking you as far as, like, which one, you know? I know that. Um, this based on conversation, it seems like you are more like, okay, man, I don't want no spanking. But I'm sure there's probably times where I had to take away the game. But go ahead. Yeah, so I'll say my, my least favorite would be um, either, like, the standing in the corner or taking away the game, taking away the game. Um, but it depends on how long it is. So if I'm just standing in the corner for 20 minutes and my mind is already clear, then I kind of get bored. And, I mean, if I'm standing in the corner for 20 minutes, it's probably not that long, especially if my mind is clear, I already know what I did was wrong, then, I mean, the 20 minutes doesn't really, it doesn't really do much. But same thing with the taking away of the game. Like, if I only get it taken away for, like, two days, then, I mean, I, I was fine. I'm I'm better off with that rather than kind of, kind of rather than my parents showing me that they're disappointed. Um Yeah. But I was, yeah, but then also the worst punishments will also be the physical isolation or the uh, more taking away the game. Because the physical isolation, if you, especially if you don't know how to calm down, you could just be in your room angry for uh, a few hours on end, especially if there's the type of go in your room and don't come back out until, you're, until your head is clear. So then you got to find a way to, you get your head clear, which is something that I kind of I had to learn how to do is how to calm down in uh, situations where I would get mad, and then um, taking away the game. Now, if the game is taken away for like, and it's been like two weeks, three weeks, then that's when it's kind of tough because you know that's a form of entertainment. But that's pretty much it. Okay, awesome, awesome. So the second segment that we're gonna get into and. Once again, I want to thank Mariah for joining me on our Family Ties Friday on strengthening relationships between children and their parents. Um, anybody who hears this broadcast, please provide your feedback. Also, join me so the voices can be heard on Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern 
extended from 646-668-8217 for part two, talking about building relationships with your children or building relationships with your parents. And there are four, you know, what we're going to call out are four ways. So I'm going to start with mine. One way as a parent that I build relationships with my children is one, setting them apart. So what does setting them apart mean? I have four daughters. So I can think of my big two. Setting them apart is that I took time, and this is not a, um, you know, it's still learning because uh, there will be 20 minutes of meeting this year, but actually spending time with your child and them to hear them, talk to you, you talk to them, uh, do their activity, put them, put them over yourself, right? So that is one way of building a relationship, just setting time apart for you to learn your child and learn their, their likes, their likes, do something, step into their world, see the things on their lenses, let them talk to you. So that will be my first one on a parent strengthen their relationship with their child. I was going to put one little input in, in that that form of uh, bonding, which is also just another form of bonding with itself. Is this also for a parent to be um, for a parent to be open with their child or allow their child to be open with them? Now, I'm not saying because I know parents and kids, you know, you're not about to be open, like fully open and tell all your, you know, tell your mom or your dad all your business. And the same thing, vice versa, your mom and your dad, it's not about to tell you all their business. But just so as a parent, um, so a parent can gain the trust from their child, a lot of child to be open with them. So these going out, will like taking your child out uh, to dinner for a night or doing something that requires you to uh, requires you to talk and interact rather than just, let's say, both of y'all go to the movies, because if y'all go to the movies, y'all be watching the movie, not really interacting with each other. So those type of things are good bonding activities. Um, if you're allowing, if you're allowing to, if you're allowing for the child to be open with you, and you're you being open with the child, that doesn't mean being 100% transparent, but allow allow the child, you you and your child to just have a relationship to where it's like I can come to my mom or I can come to my dad about anything or about most things and then I can I can um I can expect you know a response from it that's not going out the world that's not going crazy especially as kids older um as kids age not kids older that's what I as kids kids age and um and they you know hit teenage years where different things uh, different things are happening but then I also say, like, bonding experiences, such as doing things that a child likes. Such, like yesterday, my mom and I, we went to the NBA draft, and um, while we didn't, we didn't necessarily talk to each other uh, about things, you know, just so I can get to know her and her, her to get to know me. Um, we still both had a good experience because it was our, both of our first, it was both of our first times ever going to a, a draft and going to the NBA draft in general. I think it's our first time going to. That was our first time going to the Barclays Center, um, so that was just a good experience for both of us. That I know I enjoyed a little bit more just because I'm into basketball, but I know my mom enjoyed that too. Yes, and uh, for me, it was exciting to see you happy and you expressing what was there as a support to you 
and you know it was nice, uh, you know, to watch, but also, um, you know, that's the form of way. And of course, we have to do like dinner and things like that so we can have you know more um, time to chat because that wasn't really an arena to have full fledged conversations like off the current yeah. thing of what we were watching. But that is um, definitely a way to build relationships. Yep. So for another one of building a relationship besides the, you know, going places, it could be just time in doing something, like so completing a project together, whether that's cooking or organizing. Um, you know, I'm just marveled when I see how each child gets things done. You kind of respect their um the way that they're the way that they express themselves that is one way um I just think as a parent, sometimes we think we know it all, but sometimes we just have to zip our lips and hear our children uh, and this for example, I'm still learning even though I have the two big two, I'm still learning them, and children change because there was one point in where I was like when I'm older my my mom is living with me, and now. I don't think that's happening. She'll probably kick me out of the house. <laughs> and that was just four years ago. I feel was so hurt when I brought that to remember. And she's like, oh, no, not with that gum smacking. You'll be out of here with the question. <laughs> so you would notice that children, even though at 15, they may not, they may say something. It may change when they're 17. It may change when they're 18. So. I just really think that we have to be a place where we're listening to our children, but we're all our children. First, our children be praying for their parents because we're not going to be here forever. And you really have to cherish the moments and the time that you have together. Yeah. Um, and, and making time, making time to say, like, hey, you know, we're going to do the devotional this month, or, you know, we're going to be praying this day at this time, you really have to, you know, people make time to do the things that they want to do. So uh, I believe when I look at Mariah, I see her as a motivator because for me, I'm, I want to lose weight. I want to um, get my body in shape. And she's a big motivator. Uh, and I noticed when we was running outside, she was pushing me. And now while I'm doing indoors things, she's motivating me and pushing me because they live overseas with their father. But she is um, <clears throat> and has their strength, and she is a a motivator. So I I hope I'm at least half as the motivator as she is me. <clears throat> yeah. So I would say that, I would say that too. Like um, you don't always have to go out to you know bond with your child. You could do something in the house. It could be uh, it could be a movie night where the child picks their favorite movie. And then just to get to know, you know, your mom or your dad a little bit more, how about, you know, your your mom shows you a movie from back in the day that she used to watch. I know my mom did that with me. We would watch, we would watch videos. Sometimes she'll show me the movies from back in the day. Because I feel like for most kids, or at least for me, I know that I, was, I, I like to know some history about my parents' background. So I would say having, like, 
some sort of transparency with your child is important to building the relationship because just like any type of relationship, you don't want to just know one side. Um, Nobody is going to comply with it being one-sided. So if um, if, it, if your child is telling you um, their feelings or how they feel about certain things, and when you're asking them the questions, you know, just trying to get to know them a little bit more, but you're not doing the same. It's not, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like, in my opinion, I'm just like, you know, and you know, I need some. It needs to be some. You know, it needs to be two sides to the relate, two sides to the relationship. So, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not recommending. Parent, you know, parents and kids become like best friends because that's definitely not what it's supposed to be. But um, getting to know your mom or your dad and getting to know your your child, I feel like is very essential when building building the relationship. And another thing that I would say is that um, a tip for all parents is if you if you're getting to know your child and your child, you see your child is actually being open with you. Um, it's it's a good thing. So if you find out if your child is probably like 17 right now and then you're talking to them, you're getting to know them a little bit better, and they told you something that they did that they weren't supposed to do, depending on the scale of it. Like if they say, oh, I said I, I said when I went over my friends, I haven't done this, by the way, so I'm not trying to dry snitch on myself. But um, if I say that, uh, if I say that, you know, a couple years ago I went out to a sleepover at my friend's house and we, that we went to we went to um a party but not you know, but everything was good. They went to like a party, a birthday party and they came back. But that was a couple of years ago. It depends especially depends depends on the scale of what you know, what they're telling you. But don't try to use things the main point I'm trying to get to is don't try to use things against the child. So if a child tells you something now, don't try to use things against the child because that's going to break the bond. That's going to make the child, uh, that's, you're going to lose, uh, lose your child's trust. So uh, I, I would just say that, that don't try to use things against the child. Now, if, this, if your child tells you something that you know, like that's a no-go, there's no room for negotiations, then that's when you can get into you know, you can get into talking. You can get into talking to them and telling them you, you what you think about the situation. But this also depends on age. So I'm a little bit older, and then my sister's um, about to turn 21. So it's a little bit the the types of things that we'll be telling my mom is different are different because we're different people. But then we're also different ages. So there's different experiences that will go on that goes on. You know, it's from me being 16 and my sister being 20. And then with um, my uh, my other sister being four, so it also depends on you know the age of the child. But I would say that for sure, do not try to use anything against your child. I mean, that's that's going to break your child's trust. But I will say it is really good for you to have a bond. Um, for I know, like I said, in my opinion, I don't know for other people their their relationship with their parents may be different, but I think all people would like to have a good relationship with their parents. So um, yeah. having those bond, having those bonding activities, whether you're in the house, in the backyard, you know, doing something that you want to do, doing something that your parent wants you to do with them, I think that's really that's re- um, that's really good to you know bond with your child. It, it creates a good feeling inside of you. But I'll also say another thing is that um, another way of just improving your relationship with your child is showing them that you care 
as letting them, letting them know that as a parent that you care about their child. So, um, you, like, like everybody should take, you know, the personality test. I know my mom uh, made us take the personality test, which is pretty good because then as a parent you can um, you can ponder or the ponder or pander pander to the uh, to the to the needs of your child. So if your child is um, more of is more like a child that likes more affection, then you could do that more for that child. You know what I'm saying, Ryan? No, I understand. I understand. Personality test. That's something that. Oh, yeah, yeah, the personality test. I say mm-hmm. that's pretty good too. To um to learn how to bond your child. Because not every child um likes the like the same thing. Like you know, reacts the same ways to different to different things. So I say that's a good way to start. And also learning about their interests and all that stuff, stuff so y'all can do stuff together. Right, and and as we said before, these are things that you can listen to and see what works for you. This is not one size fits all. We're not relationship or uh, family gurus. We're just speaking from experiences. There's things that you could do right there that's free in your house that it doesn't require a cost. That you can make things, have ingredients cooked together. You can you know, introduce the child old school music they play their new school music just Mariah playing her playlist um teaches me things about her. Um conversating with yeah. her her likes, her dislikes and just her day. Uh, so just listening to your child but also saying like yes, yes to everything that they're doing but state your your opinion exactly. but listen so you're hearing the child out and they you know it's all about understanding each side. Now Mariah you mentioned that and what you're saying is great feedback, and thank you for being family today because you are here by yourself on here for the first time with me. So I definitely appreciate that um, totally. Uh, <clears throat> but um, at one point in time, I thought that parents and child and children couldn't be best friends. But I look at it as you get older, you can have that 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 your parent can actually become a best friend or somebody that you're calling, that you're scared, you're, you're, uh, some, of your, some of your things because it's a safe space. Now, not everybody has that safe space with their family. That is nice when you call then a friend. So I'm blessed to be able to, con- you know, be with my mom and share certain things with her and have my dad and talk certain things with him. So as a child, you learn how to uh, communicate with your parent because those, those are the people who created you. Now, everybody is not in that position. Um, so I'm not, if you're not in that position, God bless you with great friends. That's fine because I have a best friend who is basically a sister who I can talk to and give that voice of reason as well. And, of course, you know, we pray. But we're thankful for the physical beings that are here with us that can guide us. So, and you're never too old to, for your parents. You're never too like, oh, well, I'm old now and I don't need them. No. Um, it's a blessing. And once I say, you know, you're not going to have everybody around every minute, every second. So you cherish the time and the time spent and the time that you have. So when something does happen, you're not living in regret. Different with you, uh, Mariah. I think at a certain age you get, your parent can truly become a best friend. Not someone that, of course, you know, you're going to know what you're saying to them. You have to be careful about, you know, you can't spill all the beans yeah. because, of course, that's your parent. Yeah, it's still 
form of respect there, a level of respect. That can be the person that really leads you to give you great advice uh, to help you along the way of your success. Um, and however, I know all parents are not that. So I'm a parent that wants the best for my children. I want my children to do better than me. So if my children that I'm great, I want them to be greater, you know, because I've done a lot of things. Also, I started a family a, a lot sooner than them, which I want them to get the education, have the entrepreneurship, travel, and then when they're ready to sit down with someone on their same playing field, um, or who could take them to a level higher, then that is awesome. So they're not reaching down, but being being pulled up, you know, and both each party is pulling each other up, not pulling each other down. So, yes. Yeah, I you actually made a good point. Um, I would say like as um as your child gets older, I would say it's easier for them to for you as a parent to um to become become more more like a friend and less like a strict you know the strict parent like just all you know just giving you just being a parent with their typical parent it's you know more relaxed um I'll say that for well for the people that I know I don't know how how the rest of the world does it but I would say that that is true as as a child gets older I say it's easier well, it should just be easier to parent. Like I said earlier, if you're if you're still in high school and you're making dumb mistakes for your parents to be on you and have to have to discipline you, then I mean you're just not doing your job as a child to be honest. But I do agree. I do agree with that. As a child gets older, um, it's easier. Um, it's easier just to uh, just to be. It's easier to be more open with them, or it should be easier to be more open with them, in my opinion. And it can be. You can build more of like a friendship bond to where you can uh, have an outlet, like mommy said, have a safe space instead of you know, yeah. you, so somebody you can trust. Yeah. So me, I went through a whole transition. So growing up, I went through the phase of being a parent that you know, once my seven thirty came around, everybody's in bed. Then o'clock rolling and adulting to them being older and then adulting so now my adulting can revolve around them like I really don't really have um it's not like I had a lot of group of friends but I'm in a totally new space where I have to really like venture out and explore and meet people and in this time of our lives that's something that I like eh, you know Sometimes it's like you don't really have to go out and pay for home. You know who's here. I'm not scared of COVID. I'm not scared of any of those things, but I just don't really want to put myself out there, too. Like, hey, this is where I am. I am. So I'm not trying to put myself out there either. But I find myself more of, you know, now I'm spending time with my girls, and I'm like, okay, I'm totally for it to go somewhere and hang with them, just be in their space and see, you know, this is part of learning. So I just really uh, hope that anybody that joined us or anybody that listens to uh, our family ties for the month of July is really blessed. Make sure that you look for me on Jumpstart Your Life with Dr. Ronel DeBath on Anchor, Spotify, your podcast, and please go like and subscribe, comment on my, my YouTube channel. My email is RonelDeBath at gmail.com. You can always come on to Talk Talk Radio, call in 646-668-8217 on Fridays, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Catch me on Dr. Bab Wins on Instagram. 
And let's continue to build. Any final remarks, Mariah? Any final remarks? Thank you for having me on the show. I think we had a pretty uh, solid conversation. And, yeah, everybody have a good rest of their month, July. Yes. So everybody be blessed. And once again, thank you for joining Talibab with Johnson Jumpstart Your Life on Fridays at 8 p.m. We appreciate you. Everybody be safe. Give you love and peace and joy. Good night. Peace, everybody. Bye.